Hello and welcome to this week's episode of What Happened for December 2nd, 2018. I'm your host Tyler Callahan and this week we got stories in tech, games, and movies. First up is Tech Google CEO to testify before the house on December 11th. Originally scheduled for this week but postponed due to the passing of President Bush, Google CEO Sundar Pichai will testify before the House Judiciary Committee on December 11th. Pichai is expected to answer questions from lawmakers about privacy, the algorithms they use, and about making a search app for China. Now there's not much else to say here right now, but I do want to throw this in to give people a heads up about it. I personally don't think much will come from it, especially if it's a lot like the hearings Mark Zuckerberg had earlier in the year. The issue with these hearings is that a lot of these politicians do not know at times the basics of how this works, so they're not able to ask the right questions. I remember from the Zuckerberg hearing, a congressman asked how does Facebook make money, and Zuckerberg replied, we sell ads. Like, if you do not know the basic understanding of how Facebook makes money, you should not be asking the questions. Google kills Allo, another messaging app. RIP. Google announced that it will be pulling the plug on Allo and shut it down in March 2019. Allo was a messaging app from Google that was released a while back with its counterpart Duo, which was focused on video calls. The signs were clear this was going to happen, as earlier this year Google paused funding for the app. If you do use Allo, you have until March of next year to export your conversations. This wasn't a surprise because for some reason, Google thinks the best way to challenge Apple and iMessage is to keep making new chat apps and hope one of them sticks, compared to just building upon the one or two you have. Allo was set to die from the start because it was never really forced on users, so how do you sell them on it? Hey, I know you like using your current messaging app, but just download this one instead. Why? I don't know. Now, I would like to think Google has learned a lesson here, but probably not. And you can probably bet within the next two years, there'll be a new messaging app. One that will fix all the problems. AT&T and Verizon announced 5G hardware. This week, Qualcomm had a hell of a conference to go over 5G and how it'll change your life. Your parents' life, your dog's life, and everyone's lives. Okay, maybe that's a bit too much, but they did hold a conference to go over the details of 5G. And a lot of big companies were there, including carriers, of course. For America, AT&T, Verizon, and Sprint were in attendance, with T-Mobile not there. Bit odd, since T-Mobile should be merging with Sprint if they get approved. However, AT&T did announce that next year they will be offering a 5G hotspot device and two phones from a Korean manufacturer, aka it's Samsung. Verizon will also be offering a 5G hotspot device, but no word on if they will have the Samsung phones as well. Now the idea of 5G is, if it works properly, will make your home internet and mobile internet combined look like a joke. It's a kiddie's toy. But it's only now starting to roll out. So for all this news of 5G devices, I would say wait until at least 5G is actually available where you live. For example, AT&T says they'll have 5G in 12 markets by the end of the year. That is not a lot. Also, these phones will probably be more expensive than the regular models. And if history serves right, the original 4G model ones, the ones that were first came out, battery life on those were terrible because of the 4G. So if that happens again, you'll be paying more money for a 5G phone with worse battery. Just wait an extra year or two, then it'll be worth it. Hackers steal data of 100 million Quora users. Quora reported that hackers were able to get into their systems and steal up to 100 million users' info. They mentioned this can include users' names, email addresses, and possibly even an encrypted version of your password. In response to this, Quora has said they informed law enforcement and also hired a firm to investigate what exactly happened. So this is a really big hack, and especially for Quora, which is not a huge website. So 100 million accounts is probably at least half, if not more than half. They're also that website that, like, after you click on one or two questions, you need to sign in. So, 100 million, that's not good. As always, if you think you were affected by one of these hacks, reset your password immediately. Do not wait. And if the site offers two-factor authentication, enable it. It will help you. New York City Taxi and Limousine Commission set minimum pay rate for Uber and Lyft drivers. 
The New York City Taxi and Limousine has approved the minimum pay rate for drivers who work for ride-sharing companies, including Uber and Lyft. The new pay rate will go into effect by the end of this month, and drivers will be paid $27.96 per hour, which, after expenses such as gas and car maintenance, will be around $17.22 per hour. This is a big increase from the current $11.90 per hour that they currently get. For the New York Taxi Workers Alliance, this was a win with them saying, quote, it's the first real attempt anywhere to stop app driver pay cuts, which is an Uber and Lyft business practice at the heart of poverty wages, end quote. Uber, meanwhile, says they support it, but mentioned that prices will probably rise due to it. Their spokesperson said that, quote, Uber supports efforts to ensure that full-time drivers in New York City, whether driving with taxi, limo, or Uber, are able to make a living wage without harming outer borough riders who have been ignored by yellow taxi, underserved by mass transit, end quote. I think this is a good move by New York City because as much as Uber and Lyft want to complain about this, there is too much data that shows most drivers are basically making minimum wage or even under that. So if Uber and Lyft will not pay their drivers more, then the government does have to step in. Now I do think there should not be full-time drivers because it was never meant to that. It was never meant for you to just sign up with Uber, you have a full-time job with benefits and all that. It was always, from the start, side gig. However, just because you try to make it a full-time job, I don't feel you should be punished for it, aka making minimum wage or just making under minimum wage. Because that's the thing you have to realize. If you see an Uber, you see a Lyft driver, or you see the guy that does both, he does not get health insurance from them. The only thing he gets is the money and the tips. So he's got no health insurance, he's got to pay out of pocket for that, he's got to pay out of pocket for gas, he's got to pay out of pocket if a tire blows out. So if Uber and Lyft will not give them fair packages, government's just got to make sure they get paid right. So a good move by New York City, and I'm curious to see two things. One, how much would the prices spike? Like, are they going to stay true to their word and raise the prices? And will other cities enforce this as well? Will they make their own version of it? Moving on, Canada arrests Huawei CFO on violating sanctions. This week, Canada made the shocking move of arresting Huawei's CFO, Meng Wazhou, who is also happens to be the daughter of the founder and current CEO of the company. She was arrested for allegedly violating U.S. sanctions against Iran, and this was at the request of the United States and now also faces extradition. China has responded via their embassy demanding the release of the CFO, saying she has not violated any U.S. or Canadian laws. Now, details about this case is very scarce. The Verge is reporting that it is a part of a probe into Huawei. It's without these details that it's hard to give an informed opinion. Like, how do U.S. sanctions affect her with a company from doing deals with Iran. As far as I know, those sanctions only stop American citizens and companies from doing deals with, with Iran. Also, I assume the White House was informed about this at some point because it happened last Saturday, the day Trump and Z met for trade talks. So I don't know what the overall plan is for this, but they better have some substantial evidence to make this move. Arresting a CFO of any company is no small task, especially for one of the biggest 10 companies in China. I will definitely be keeping an eye on this. Moving over to games, Ninetech is bringing trainer battles to Pokemon Go. After being worked on for over two years, Ninetech will be releasing trainer battles later this month on Pokemon Go. For details on battles, they will be short with both trainers using three Pokemon in the battle with the ability to switch them out mid-battle. They will be leagues and your placement will be determined based on your combat power of your Pokemon. The three leagues will be Great, Ultra, and Master. As an incentive to battle, you can get up to three rewards each day for playing. A downside to this though is just like trading and doing raids, both of you need to be next to each other to battle. This is also enforced with you having to scan the other trainer's battle code and send an invite. However, the one way around this is if you are close friends, as in if you are ultra or best friends in the game, then you can have remote battles. Also at launch, it will be for users level 40 and over, and over time it'll roll out to the other users. I'm happy about this update because after almost two years away, I started to get back into playing it, and this will probably just keep me playing more. 
This also helps make Pokemon Go seem more like a full Pokemon game compared to just capturing Pokemon and that's it. Now I'm not level 40 yet, so hopefully I don't have to wait that long. Epic Games opens up Epic Games Store. This week, Epic Games, the makers of the original Gears of War games, or as these kids know them as, the makers of Fortnite, announced and opened up the Epic Games Store. Now game companies have been doing their own store or launcher for their games. It's not new. EA, Bethesda, Activision, Blizzard, and Ubisoft, they all do it. However, Epic Games is doing it differently. First, besides offering their own games, the Epic Games Store is open up to all developers to sell their games on the platform. For developers, the main difference between here and Steam is the revenue split. Unlike Steam, which takes a 30% cut unless you make millions of dollars of sales, Epic Games will only take a 12% cut, giving developers 88% of the money. As an added bonus, if developers use Epic Games Unreal Engine to make a game and sell it on the store, they will also waive the royalty fees for using the engine. Other details about the store includes that there will be no store-wide DRM, unlike Steam, however developers can add their own if they choose to. They will also offer refunds and will be available outside of the US. Another unique feature of the store is the support a creator program where streamers can get a cut of the game sales from developers if they stream and promote their games. The amount would be set by the developers, there's no flat rate, but the developers cannot set it to zero dollars. So overall, this is a really ballsy move from Epic Games and a smart one. For years now, customers and developers have been getting tired of Valve and their Steam store, and now Epic Games is coming in to sweep them up. For developers, the cut they get is better, and the ability to make games with streamers to promote their games, not bad at all. Especially for indie developers, this is a great deal. Now, for users, there's not much of a difference as an incentive, but to try and get users, Epic Games will be offering free games throughout 2019. A bit like the uh, Xbox Live or PlayStation Plus, but you do need to pay for those subscriptions to get those games. If this store starts to take off next year, expect Valve to make some moves because they will have to. Unlike Epic Games where they're rolling in the money from Fortnite and starting this up, Valve more or less stopped making games. They have Dota 2 and they just released a card game based on that, but that's it. Most of their money is from the game store. That starts going down, they're in trouble. Moving over to movies, we only got one story, but it's pretty big. Marvel unloads trailers for Captain Marvel and Avengers. Marvel fans were eating this week with trailers for both Captain Marvel and Avengers. First, I'll start with Captain Marvel. It looked good, and that's about it. Like, it looks good, but nothing special. I'll probably enjoy the space battles. It looks like Captain Marvel's gonna go Super Saiyan, so that'd be pretty interesting. I know it's not actually Super Saiyan, but let's get to the bigger one. The most anticipated movie of 2019, Avengers Endgame. Yep, they finally gave a name to Avengers 4, and it's, uh, it's okay. It's not a bad title, but the way the directors were kind of hyping it up was, uh, it's a bit of a letdown. Like, they kept saying, it wasn't said in the movie, it'll spoil Infinity War, but can't say it, can't say it. Yeah, you could have said it. It wasn't really a spoiler. Like, I don't mind them lying to us to protect it. You do what you gotta do. I'm just thinking they could have picked a better one. Anyway, let's talk about the trailer. Starts off with Tony Stark on what seems to be the Guardian ship making a last message for Pepper because he's about to run out of oxygen and expects to die. The rest of the trailer is with the Avengers on Earth talking about what happened and how Captain America has a plan. Then it cuts to the title with a stinger after it being that Ant-Man has arrived at the Avengers facility. I thought the trailer was good. It was a nice setup and tease for the next trailer, which won't be until February or March. However, I'm like I'm not like the other fans who are freaking out watching like, oh my god, oh my god. It's like I have no reason to. I have my theories on what might happen in the movie, thanks to some of the leaks that may or may not be accurate. And this trailer didn't really confirm or deny any of it. So it's like, okay, I'll wait for the second trailer. I'm still excited to see the movie. It hasn't I, I'm not more excited, but I'm also like not less excited. So both trailers are good and definitely worth a watch. And uh yeah, I'm looking forward to both those movies. And that is it for this week's episode of What Happened. Hope you found something interesting in here. If you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, it's at TylerCallahan95. And for any articles I write, you can 
view them at tylercallahan.com. And thank you for listening.